Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chat and Supplements. This is a series where we explore the vast world of health and fitness supplementation, giving you our thoughts and bringing you the latest scientific research as well. This week we explore the headache that is Omega-3-6 supplementation. I say headache because out of all the episodes in this series so far, it took us the longest to research, but it's actually the shortest episode. It's certainly an interesting one though, and by the end we hope you can make a more informed decision on whether to either bother supplementing it, or maybe making some changes to your diet to ensure adequate intake of both Omega-3 and 6. And this info and advice is going to apply to both omnivores and veggies slash vegans. Before that though, Tom has some exciting news from his uh, ivory tower and we wrap up the Marmite gate with a Marmite slash Vegemite history lesson from Colleen, one of the listeners of the show and someone who's been on as a guest as well. So let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, Bill. How are we doing? Good, I'm good, yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, ready to tackle this absolute fucking chaotic episode of Omega 3 and 6 supplementation. Now, this is giving oh, us a bit of a headache this week, isn't it? Fuck You're me. telling this- me, Joe, what? I'll be happy to, I'm going to go as far as to say, I'll be happy to never even look at a fish again. <laughs> yeah, or the ocean. It's been a bit, of a bit of a headache, isn't it? This one. I don't think I'll even get in a swimming pool again, to be honest with you. It's that, that's how far I want to disassociate myself from this topic. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, Tom, I'm surprised you joined us this week from your your ivory tower, aka new promotion of assistant manager of a place we can't name. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm well, now uh, in a management role for a gym, yeah. of which we cannot name for legal reasons. Yeah. But yeah, I'm now a big wig. A big wig, yeah. Yeah. So now I now sit at a desk, so I'm even more sedentary than what I already was. <laughs> Brilliant. But uh, no, that is also more good news, mate. Are you aware that today is International Podcast Day? Is it? It is indeed. I kept that as a surprise for you. I should have fucking posted that about that. Oh, right. I've known yeah. for a few days, but I wanted to surprise you. Oh, you surprised me. You're getting a little yeah. like, That's good, isn't it? International yeah, so. Podcast Day. Wow. So yeah, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mate, thanks for actually joining us this week. Uh, just a warning to the listeners, Tom might now never turn up again. We might be too small for him. This audience may be insignificant to his uh, his ivoriness. Yeah, well, I even I actually got recognised when doing my shopping in Asda, funny <laughs> enough, actually, and yeah. that's actually not a lie. <laughs> Someone actually recognised me. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. I know. It's, you know, next week I might have to start wearing, like, body armour or something, you know, <laughs> or driving did. the Pope mobile. Yeah, well, that's London for you, though, mate. You got to be careful. <laughs> that's London in general. Yeah, yeah. If you go be... anywhere, if you go anywhere west of a, uh, you know, well, Oxford Circus, then you're you're banning trouble, basically. Yeah, big trouble. But yeah, this week we're back with another supplements episode. But before we get into this headache of a topic, I've got to do a bit of a recap. So you may have been, if you've been a sort of a long term listener, or you're someone who's, uh, you know, just been listening to maybe the supplement series. You know, we've been we've had an ongoing issue, which is Marmite Gate, and this involves. Uh, me and Tom discussing Marmite I think it was in like episode 2 or 3 and I basically said you know what I don't mind a bit of Marmite uh, and then Tom was like no it's disgusting I hate it so we went oh, okay we'll do a poll we did that poll and unfortunately it didn't end well for me and I'm now not too fond of Marmite because I had to do 2 tablespoons of Marmite on the podcast um, which was um, unpleasant I actually felt very ill after that I'm not going to lie yeah pretty grim if you've not seen that make sure you go check out the uh, the YouTube channel because it is on there in all its glory uh, but we did ask during this whole Marmite gate about the whole Vegemite situation, about how is there a difference? Because we, to my understanding, it was just an Australian version. Now, 
One of our long-term listeners and someone who's actually been a guest on the show, Colleen, uh, or the skier world record holder, uh, as you may have heard her on the podcast, she got in touch and she gave a very fiery response. So I'm going to read that out to you now. It's pretty intense. She's uh, definitely... uh, So Marmite versus Vegemite education. Marmite was first made in the UK in 1902 and has a softer, syrupy texture. It isn't as strong or salty, uh, salty in taste as the bastardized version made by the Aussies. Those thieving gits stole the recipe... Aussies are the British criminal outcasts and the Kiwis are the jailers who dumped them there and kept sailing south. They made a right mess of it too, making it too thick and too salty. Marmite is yummy. Vegemite is criminal. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my history lesson. So cheers to that, Clean. Uh, she's clearly not a fan of Vegemite. <laughs> yeah. Or Aussies by the sound of it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's to be expected, though, isn't it? They're like rivals, aren't they, I would have thought. I mean, she's not wrong, though. They are convicts. I'm not even going to put... I'm not going to put that on our apology list because they know it, we know it, it is what it is. By the sounds of it, mate, I'm glad I did Marmite and not Vegemite because Vegemite sounds awful. It's it's all horrendous. Yeah, well, yeah you don't like any of it, do you? But uh, yeah, so that, that's that, that. Hopefully, that sort of arc of the podcast of this series, the Marmite situation, is that's now wrapped done. up. Thank God. Hopefully, that's done. Okay, right. Let's, uh, let's get into this week's episode then, Tom. Let's so this week, it. we are discussing... Uh, the world of omega-3 and 6 supplementation. Yes. Uh, maybe 3, because 3 is the one people normally supplement, but we are going to talk a little bit about 6. Uh, also known as what? fish what oils. That? I thought you were going to say that. The, I was uh, going to say fish oils. Oh, fish, yeah, well, yeah, well, that's one form of it, Tom. Be careful, there are other varieties of the supplement. Is there? Oh, yeah. It's not just a fish oil. Is, you don't just get is, fish is, oils. Is, I mean, how much oil can you extract from a fish? Does it depend on like, how you strangle it or how you rinse it out? Oh, dear God. I mean, how do you get oil out of a fish anyway? Like, I'm assuming you, you rinse it out like a towel, didn't you? Is <laughs> like it like a towel? if if you rinse it from the head and let it drip from the head? Is it like one different kind of omega? And then if you drip oh it, it's actually omega three. And if you get it from the arse end, then it's like that's omega six, isn't it? I think scientifically that's how you get different omega oils. I hope Petter is it listening? Yeah, hopefully not. Just admitted to strangling a fish. Omega three and six are fatty acids commonly associated with fish, uh, and they are polyunsaturated fatty acids, to be more specific, which is a puff, puffers, as I just said. Puffers, I don't think, I thought that sounds really offensive. Puffer, puff. P-U-F-A's. And are essential to the body, right? Okay, so you do need them, okay? And that's why people normally end up supplementing them, but we're going to come on to if you need to or not. We're going to go through some foods here high in them. So foods high in omega-3, you've got your usual fatty fishes, such as mackerel and salmon, which is where most people get their, if you're an omnivore anyway, will get their weekly dose of omegas in. Uh, cod liver oil, which is what Tom alluded to there, the fish oils. Flax and chia seeds, walnuts, uh, and soybeans slash tofu and other high sources in omega-3. But we'll come on to, there's, are they all created equal? Is the question people ask, and that they're not all created equal, which we will, we will come on to. Uh, and then you've got foods high in omega-6, so you've got safflower oil. I've never fucking heard of that, Tom. Have you heard of that? Safflower oil. That's that's news to me. Yeah, yeah. So. I've never heard of that. But that's a, that's a, I that's thought a big it was one, a typo when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah. When I was looking it up, I was like, "Is that maybe it's American thing?" I don't know. They've got all sorts of stuff over. I, I mean, maybe it is a typo and it's just gone too far. Maybe, but yeah, safflower oil, sunf- sunflower oil, corn oil, soybeans and tofu again, sunflower seeds, walnuts, pumpkin seeds. I mean, these are just some examples. There's obviously, give a lot more there. Um, but yeah, there's some sources that people will commonly associate with amigas. Uh, and you're probably thinking. What, what are the benefits then of consuming all these foods? Uh, I'm going to rattle a load of stuff off, but just to be warned, if you if you are looking the show notes, basically, for I've not just made this stuff up. Anything I say now in the next few minutes will... It'll be whatever. in the show notes, yeah. It'll be in the show notes, yeah. So I'm not just making shit up. So 
The main one that's associated with, which is the biggest headache that's caused me and Tom, is the reduction uh, the reduction in risk of CVD, cardiovascular disease. Now, this is the one that gets quoted a lot, saying make sure you get enough omega-3 in because yeah. it will lower your risk of heart disease, which is obviously a massive thing. You want to lower the risk of heart disease because that's, yeah. that's a fucking serious issue. Uh, and we did find, there's obviously data on this, but then Tom went and found a Cochrane review, wasn't it? Yeah. Which, um, if you're aware, the Cochrane Library is quite a good authority. That's like, yeah, in space. like gold standard when it comes to evidence, really. And I'll basically read out some stuff then from what they found, which is quite interesting. So they combined the results of 79 randomized trials involving 112,059 people. These studies assess the effects of consuming additional omega 3 fat compared to the usual or lower omega 3 uh, on disease on the heart and circulation. Now, I want to make something really important. Me and Tom spoke about this off air actually, was the, the use of the word usual or lower. So yeah. we, we would have to look at every individual study to see what the people's intake of omega-3 really was because if they're already at a really good baseline on their diet, of course, the additional might not make a difference because they're probably already getting enough to lower their risk yeah. of CVD potentially. So that would take, take what we're saying here a pinch of salt because it's, it, it's, a bit, like it's a difficult one. If you're already getting a decent amount for your diet alone, yeah, of course. Is, does it take anything extra really make much of a difference? It's kind of like you know having a shower and then pouring a cup of water on your head whilst taking a shower. So is there a point to it? Hmm. We would have loved to have gone through all of those randomised trials, but that would take a very, very long time um, to go through and sort of discover the, you know how much each person... Sometimes they won't even tell you. So, But basically, yeah. this review... Um, they basically this review provides good evidence that taking long chain omega three, so fish oil, EPA or DHA, uh, which come more into in a minute, uh, supplements does not benefit heart health or reduce our risk of stroke or death from any cause. Yeah, so basically, once again, the keyword there is they were looking at people of the usual or lower. Uh, it wasn't very clear what lower meant. Was that by, you know, a thousand milligrams, ten thousand milligrams, one milligram? And then more f- uh, following on from that, they said this systematic review did find moderate evidence that ALA, which is found in plant oils such as rapeseed or canola oil and nuts, particularly walnuts, may be slightly protective of some diseases of the heart and circulation. However, the effect is very small. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a fucking minefield, really, uh, in, terms of, <laughs> in terms of that. I'll quickly, I don't know if we're going to go into this later on here, but I'll quickly say it now. So ALA is basically uh, an amiga which is only found in plant sources. And then you've got DHA and EPA, which is found in animal products. But ALA can be converted uh, into EPA or DHA, but it's not as efficient. So that's why if you when it converts it, it's not as good. You're better off basically having EPA or DHA instead of just taking ALA to convert. You need a lot of ALA to convert it over. Mm. And there's going to be a few other nu- uh, nuances as, as we go further. But yeah, it was important to note that they did say there was a, a slight benefit of ALA. Um, which is interesting, but once again, it's very small. And mm. if you look at the show notes and look at that actual review, you'll see that they broke it down into this effect would mean that one in this many people would benefit, or one, in the, and it was it was pretty insignificant. If I'm being honest, it wasn't anything yeah. groundbreaking. So in terms of CVD, it appears we can't. We, I mean, we can't really be conclusive. If I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, like with cardiovascular d- disease, like. Don't get me on. Look, we kind of said at the beginning, like omegas are important. You know, it is important to get them through your diet, etc. But when you're looking at things like reductions in CVD, etc., omegas are like only a very, very, very small part of the tip of the iceberg. Do you know what I mean? So, is it going to make like a dramatic difference? Probably not. I mean, to me, there's probably more important factors. Even I'd even put things like stress as a more of an important factor than always. Your omegas, like you know, 
I get enough omegas. Now, don't get me wrong, yeah, look, diet is important as well. But once again, omegas are a very small part of that. You know, we've got to look at things like exercise, etc. You know, history of health, do things run in the family, etc. So I wouldn't might be taking cod liver oils and expect it to make a massive difference in regards to CBD. Do you know, another thing I want to just make a point of is that if you noticed when I said what these are, they're polyunsaturated fats, right? If you're consuming more of this stuff, like the foods, or this is supplement aside, the food stuff, you may yeah. be lowering your intake of saturated fats because you're eating more of these polyunsaturated and monounsaturated. Mm. And we know that lower consumption of saturated fat can help with heart health. So potentially when they look at studies of people consuming more omega-3s and 6s, fatty acids, it could be because they're consuming more unsaturated versus saturated, which is why well, they're showing, <laughs> yeah, which is why they're showing lower risks of CVD, which could be another option. But uh, as it stands, it's a bit, I wouldn't take, basically it's overstated when people say take omega-3 to fucking boost your heart health it seems that on paper it's overstated quite a bit it's just something to say it does and it doesn't yeah i mean we can only go off the current evidence it might change in the future who fucking knows but yeah this was this was a difficult one because it as you said when we saw the cochrane review we're like fuck that just goes against everything we've just read (laughs) yeah exactly but if anything it kind of goes to show you know we're not in some kind of fucking echo chamber we're we're not cherry picking we're willing to say oh actually this is a this is a big deal this is a really big deal. So, you know, this kind of changed my opinion on things because, you know, I fish oils in particular, you know, in, in regards to like pill forming, like uh, cod liver, etc., or capsule rather, I should say, that's something I was kind of like, yeah, I know it does something for you, so it's probably good yeah. to take it. But now in hindsight, look at things like the Cochrane Review, when it comes to things like CVD, which is usually what the label kind of, that's like the big headline, isn't it? Yeah. Why would you want to take C? Uh, why would you want to take CBD? Sorry. Why would you? You don't want to be taking that, especially in no, pill form. No, you don't want to be taking that. Um, like why would you want to be taking um, fish oil? Oh, because it lowers the risk of cardiovascular disease. Mm. But yeah, this was a bigger. Uh, I want to say it was like a a mind opener, but it was more like a mind fuck because, as you know, Bill, over the past couple of days we've been scrambling like mad after that. <laughs> yeah we have I mean yeah. I want to quickly go back to something you said before we move on to the next benefit of Omega 3 and that is you said about other factors and I think a lot of people will they'll latch onto these buzzwords and they'll take things like Omega 3 for CVD but then they'll do things like drink excessively and smoke heavily Yeah, and they'll, they'll hope that this one little fish oil will save the day and yeah. that's just not the case is that you have to look at the other things in your diet like if you're eating high amounts of saturated fat and you're smoking and drinking heavily a little fish yeah. oil fucking supplements not going to save you i mean we should like be focused on more things that are going to make more of a have have a bigger effect basically yeah uh, but there are there are some other benefits this is just omega-3 in general not the specific supplements so brain health as well it's one that comes up quite a bit and that's yeah. notably because of dha now dha is basically the one that is nine it compromises 90 percent of your brain's fatty acids which is pretty much all of it and that's and dha obviously obviously from omega-3 so that's why it normally linked to brain health which is why I think anecdotally, you get people who they say who don't consume enough omegas in general through their diet. They go about things like brain fog. It's something that you hear anecdotally quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then doctors will say to them, "Oh, you get enough omega three in your diet and stuff." Um, yeah. Which potentially could be that because if that if if you if, if it's ninety percent of your fatty acids, and you're not consuming any. Potentially, it is causing some impacts on your your brain health, which is obviously not a good thing. I mean, who knows? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, who knows, yeah. I also saw some pretty interesting stuff about re- uh, reduced risks of Alzheimer's and dementia. So I linked to, there'll be a study for this in the show notes. That was quite an interesting read. Mm. 
Um, once yeah. again, obviously, that links that links to DHA. We've also got meta-analyses that show a reduction in symptoms of depression and lowering blood pressure. So they're quite big papers if you uh, if you want to get your eyes on those as well. They look they look they look pretty good. Once again, because of this DHA, there's a lot of a lot of these things obviously in the brain, aren't they? A lot of in your, in your head, so to speak. And if you obviously not consuming this stuff, then potentially it's going to have an impact, isn't it? So. I can see, I can see why there's a link there. We've also got things like anti-inflammatory properties, um, and this is normally where they get the correlation when we uh, see papers on exercise. Now, there's not many on exercise. I'm not sure we go into any more specifically, but there was a couple of papers we looked at that looked at sort of eccentric uh, movements and stuff. But yeah. they sort of said that, that the recovery benefits of omega three could be linked to its natural anti-inflammatory properties, which is why it could potentially be showing a, a help in recovery. I mean, in regards to things like CBD, etc. Obviously, we were talking about kind of the it, its impact on health in regards to omega threes, but um, yeah, I mean there is some there is some evidence to show that in like a kind of like a a sport or recovery setting, then it might be useful. But then yeah, I've just found, I've just found it, Tom. I've just found it. Yeah, so, this is an example here. So I've got a 2020 paper here, so fairly recently. They found that six grams a day, but not two or four grams a day. Yeah. So that's 1,400, 2,800, and 4,200 milligrams of combined EPA and DHA improved recovery from eccentric exercise. But something we've said in many other episodes, always check the dose. Because if we compare these doses to real life, 4,200 milligrams is not something that's commercially, um, you know, really sold or advised so if we look at a higher dosed omega-3 product like my proteins omega-3 plus that only has 2400 milligrams per serving that costs 17 pounds for a 30-day supply so if you have to take yeah. two servings to get up to that 4200 milligrams you've only then got 15 days serving for 17 pound which i mean that's quite a lot of money isn't it yeah i'm not going to break the bank anytime yeah, i'm soon. not going to break the bank to i know we've spoken maybe, in... maybe reduce some recovery in eccentric i mean <laughs> yeah i mean like i know we've spoken before in like past episodes whenever we've spoken about doms they're like you know when you're you are in absolute shit state mm. with muscle soreness you were willing to do anything but i mean yeah like uh, spending that amount to get that rec- that clinically effective dose according to the evidence yeah it's a hell of a lot of money but yeah, I mean that paper you mentioned. I've, I've just got to mention the name of the guy that did the study, just because it's such a funny name. But it's a uh, yeah, Van Dusseldorp. Oh, Van Dusseldorp at L. But yeah, in that they had people perform uh, do resistance exercise, and they kind of gave them a placebo and different kind of dosages of uh, yeah fish oils. And you know, compared to placebo, I mean there was a uh, there was some difference in regards to DOMS, you know. But I mean. <sighs> If you're being honest, though, like the results were quite modest, and it was context-dependent yeah. as well. There was like it was context-dependent, yeah. but there was a clear difference between like placebo and six grams compared to the two and four gram groups. But Jesus Christ, that is a lot of fish oil. I mean, at the end of the day, we've we've said that that could make a difference. So it's going to come down to your sort of cost-benefit analysis. If you look at that and think yeah. it's worth it, if you're a top-level athlete and you go, "I want to get an edge," maybe you might give it a go. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And you've, you you might be sponsored by Where a fish the tip oil company. Of the iceberg might actually make a difference. You know. What else we got here then? Okay, some more interesting ones. So this is another interesting paper of notes, which will also be in the show notes. Uh, and this was on the efficacy of a six-month supplementation with concentrated fish oil rich in omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids in a first episode of schizophrenia, which is quite interesting. That was a very specific study. That, uh, that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one Jay sent me. Uh, if you're not, if you don't know Jay, Jay's uh, one of the one of the friends of the show. He came on a podcast a couple of times now. Yeah, formerly known as uh, Mr. Cogfit, and he's now Science by Jay. Science by and Jay, he's yeah. still yeah. stirring the pot, from what I can see. 
making a lot of people upset, as you do. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's the one who sent me that uh, that paper, and it was quite an interesting uh, read. But once again, that links to the, the the brain health, doesn't it? Because of that DHA with the ninety percent uh, of the fatty acids in the brain, if you're getting obviously consuming a high amount, anything that's going to help the brain health, it could help with things like this, couldn't it? A mental issue, yeah. you know. So, uh, and then we've got another one here, which is. Uh, this is a, a whopping umbrella review. So if you've listened to us before, you know umbrella reviews are pretty fucking big. Uh, so this is an umbrella review of major analyses on the consumption of fish and uh, fatty acids and cancer risk. Uh, so they put, while there are some uh, significant associations in some of the major analyses they looked at, they found all the major analyses with statistically significant findings showed weak evidence. So what that means is that any of the major analyses they looked at that showed that it could help with cancer, they were, it, was, it was weak. They weren't. They weren't. It didn't provide any good evidence, uh, which is obviously interesting. And then they put another one. This, is, this was just one of the other ones. I think it was about 40 or 50 they looked at. Uh, and they said one showed significant results again, but the level of evidence was not applicable due to the lack of included studies. Uh, and then the other ones were non-significant. So that's why an umbrella is really useful because we've said before how meta-analysis can seem quite good, but so they're only as strong as the studies that are in them. Yeah, exactly. Whereas an umbrella, so, there's a bigger there's a bigger sample of studies. Yeah. This is just the pyramid of evidence, isn't it? Because a meta will look at all individual studies and be like, okay, they're all shit. We're only using the good ones. But then an umbrella will look at all the meta-analysis and go, yeah, well, you're shit. So we're now going to come to a conclusion from all exactly. It's like constant. It's pretty. Did you mega. say there's one above? Wasn't there one above umbrella? Did you say there was one above umbrella? Uh, if there is, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, to be honest sure. with you. If it is, that'd be a fucking, that'd be a beast, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be someone like I don't know, some kind of keto Z look. You know, is above all the evidence. <laughs> is there any more benefits? Um, I think that's it for omega three. Mm. So we'll move on to omega six. The benefits of that, uh, and once again, it comes out great for heart health. And now this was interesting because. Obviously, with omega three, we found a lot of contradiction stuff. But with omega six, it seemed to be a little bit more. I thought it was a bit clear cut, and I think that's because omega six obviously tends to come from certain food groups which are linked with a reduction in CBD, so lowering a saturated, saturated fat and an increase of uh, polyunsaturated fat. Yeah, uh, and we've actually got a paper here that had eight hundred thousand participants, which is obviously a lot, and it I found guess. that it, <laughs> and it found that in a linear fashion, CBD mortality was lower with increasing omega six linoleic. Oh, fuck it. How do you pronounce that? Go on, Bill. I don't know why you're asking me. You should know by now. Lino. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, linen. Should call it linen acid. We'll call it linen acid. That's definitely not what it's called, but in this episode it is. That was interesting because obviously, as I just said, a linear fashion, which is pretty good because it means obviously linear, linear. So as it goes, obviously, as as you're increasing the consumption you're lowering your risk, which is obviously a good thing. And this is a good paper. And I think this is something that um, Alan Aragorn, uh, Alan, not Alan, um, what's it, Alan Flanagan, yeah. Alan Flanagan, that's it. He explored this in quite a bit of detail, which is quite interesting to look into. Yeah. And there's also uh, stuff on lowering LDL cholesterol, which is yeah. bad shit. As people the low density it. lipoprotein. At this point, you might be thinking, so should I take more of one? Should I take less of the other? Should I be even? Uh, so what's the ratio then? So, most people tend to get more omega-6 than omega-3, right? Because omega-6 is in a lot of, um, like, a lot of butters these days, like, you know, uh, what's the fucking word? Uh, spreads and shit, oils especially, a lot, a lot in oils. Uh, so people tend to get more than enough of that. But the question people then ask is, well, should I then bring down my omega-6 to bring the ratio into more balance? And a lot of people in the space have said, no, you should not do that. You should just bring up your omega-3. Don't touch your omega-6. Don't try and lower that. Just bring your omega-3 up. 
um, which seems to be the, the common consensus. But wait, I've got to stop there, Tom. I'm going to have to stop. We're going to have to rewind here. Go on. So we've been through this before, mate. Omega-6, it's going to make you inflame and you're going to die. And information is the devil, as you know. Yeah, information We've covered serious. this before. Yeah. I mean, we've got scientific papers here, Tom. We've got papers here, mate, that say a high consumption of omega-6 will lead to increased inflammation and heart disease risk. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Information is the devil. Information is the devil. Do you know what? It actually sounds like I said information is the devil, but I mean, you could take that however way you want it. Information, inflammation... Either way, either way, it is the depth. No, okay, we'll be serious for a second. So, yeah, <laughs> there are papers. I wasn't lying there when I said there are papers showing uh, high consumption of omega 6 will lead to increased inflammation. But this is where we're going to get juicy now. So, bear with me. Uh, there are a lot of issues with these papers, right? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and read, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to identify them if you just looked at them because most scientific papers, you'll just take of what they are until you yeah. actually look deep and dive. So, I've got an example here. And this is talking about things uh, like critical variables, uh, and one of them is trans fat. Now, if you've heard of trans fat, you'll know that it is a bad fat, and that's why yeah. most stuff now doesn't have it in because it basically stays in the body, and it does lead to uh, these health risks that we that we've spoken about before. It tends to be a bigger deal in like the United States, etc. Yeah, but I don't yeah. then I don't think they've got a lot of it. So yeah. In the 60s then, we had a relatively small trial, the Sydney Diet Heart Study, which you may have heard of if you're someone in the PT space. Uh, and they basically uh, fed an interve- intervention group a polyunsaturated spread. So as we said before, polyunsaturated spread will have high levels of omega-6 in. Mm. Uh, and they compared CVD rates to people consuming them. Uh, and the findings uh, in reanalyzed data were that omega-6 polyunsaturated fatty acids were a greater risk than saturated fat. So you're up and like, fucking hell, here we go again. If you've heard the carnivore episode, this might sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and as we, as I just said, we all know trans fats have been removed, so that's an issue. But this is the issue, right? So in a lot of these studies, especially back in that time, so the 60s, 70s, 80s, etc., uh, the feature on many of these omega-6 interventions was is that there were trans fat in them, in the spreads, which was pretty normal back then. It was a normal thing. Yeah. So... The question then becomes is like, well, that's going to give some fucking pretty dodgy results, isn't it? Because you've then got something which is dodgy mixed with something that potentially isn't, which we now know isn't. And I mean, doctors also used to recommend smoking back then. So for all we know, that could be a fucking factor. <laughs> yeah, of course. So how does this make an issue now if we fast forward? Obviously, these are old papers, aren't they? If we now fast forward and people do major analysis on this on this topic of omega-6 causing inflammation, hmm. if they're then using these old papers... With new it's then ones. tainting the results. Yeah. You're then tainting the results because you're then getting bad results from the ones that have been tainted with this trans fat it's issue. All of the methodology, yeah, shit in the first cool. place. But this is just one example. But there was other issues. I'm not going to. We could be here all fucking day. There's actually a. Um, I'll link it down in the show notes. Uh, once again, Alan Flanagan, really, really top guy. There's a. He did a really good breakdown of this. I'll try and link it down in the show notes. If you want to look at it. He he basically breaks down all of these studies about the issues they had yeah. with them and why it's now in 2021 still gets brought up because people are using old stuff and this is this is why you've got to look really deep into it and this is why it takes fucking ages that's actually something that i really like about anna flanagan's work is he's almost like when it comes to things like research it's almost like he's a, a historian researcher do you know what i mean he's willing to kind yeah. of go back in time which is good because obviously it's only in hindsight now that we realize well actually no these had some really bad like kind of methodologies etc so yes yeah, uh well you said awkward. it in the last episode tom 
the, this space is ever evolving. We can't. Yeah, just, it is exactly. You can't be static. You can't be static. You've got to go with it, and you've got to just go with what everybody's yeah. saying currently, and be prepared to change. Like what we say now could be wrong. Maybe, maybe one day they'll come out and be. No, you're hundred percent right, Bill. I mean, like uh, this is what gives me the ump when people say, "Oh, we already know this, so why do we keep on studying it? Why do we keep researching this particular topic when we already know?" But it's like we don't. It could be something extremely simple that we might not know until 20 years later that can completely change the way we're looking at the uh, the current evidence. Well, this one here, mate, when they did those papers on omega-6 polyunsaturated, how were they to know that trans fat is such yeah. an issue? They would have, it was they the would norm have been, at the time. Yeah, it, it was, was the norm. Just, yeah. So they would have gone, yeah, it's definitely the omega-6, it's definitely the omega-6 uh, which is causing the issues that the people are having. Where it's like, yeah. well, now we know that this is why trans fat's been taken out because of it, because of its issues. But basically, so if we go on the pro-inflammatory stuff that is associated with omega-6, on paper, this has never been shown experimentally or in human studies. That's important, in human studies. To any degree, that would be relevant to human intake. So literally, there's like nothing, nothing available that shows that of any of any sort of relevance so as i said human studies because as we know there are rat studies out there which yeah. do show interesting results and have been debunked numerous times you know like when we list all our pet peeves like when we do uh chatting with pts and yeah. we list the uh, things like oh people that don't re-rack their weights etc now i can tell you a industry secret now bill as a manager i can tell you an industry secret whenever someone doesn't put their weights back we track them on cctv so we've got their names, their home address. So these journals, they can, uh, or these 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 rec- these companies of research, they can go out and they we, we can give these we can give them their addresses. These criminals that leave their weights on the bar, or they're coming out, and we just kidnap them all. And there we go. We've now got human testing, and no one's going to argue against it because they're all shit cunts. Because that they're all yeah, exactly that. Yeah, the, the ones who don't rack their weights very very irritating. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or the guy lets his nipples out with a very slim centre vest. <laughs> <laughs> there are people listening who can definitely resonate with that. Yeah. I think they're actually going, no, no, he's got a point, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have any sympathy for those guys. Fuck them. Right, we'll move on to uh, break down omega three. Quickly before that, sorry. Um, so as we just said about omega six, as with any food group, not everything's created equal. Obviously, and that goes the same with omega six. Obviously, like different type omega six, just because it's in there, you know, there's obviously it doesn't doesn't mean that the food you're eating is going to be amazing because obviously each food group is not created equal. You know, like a carb in one thing is not the same as a carb in someone else. Right, just that to note. Just realised I've been uh, talking with my microphone turned off. You think after what a year and a half, maybe? What is it? A year and a half? Well, yeah, about a year. So you, yeah. you, you know how to you know how to use the microphone. I just, I just thought you was being really rude, not responding to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, yeah, I'm just gonna let it go. It's been a rough day for everyone. <laughs> rough day for everyone. Right, I'll break down Omega Three a little bit further. Then, so I did. Oh no, I've just realised. I'm just looking at the the notes here, Tom, uh, and I've put I've put um, ALA, DHA, and EPA, but I've also put their full their full name. Which, and now um, you're gonna have to try and pronounce it. Do you know what? If you actually look at the last two they actually sound like they could be dinosaurs they do actually yeah okay right let's go for it so ALA is the one I mentioned first That's, this is uh, one part of me three this is alpha we're going to call it linen still L- and lino- alpha linen acid yeah linolenic lino- actually that's quite easier before isn't it yeah alpha linolenic acid or linen acid be lots let's, let's get to the exciting ones come on DHA is a docosaurus rex docosa exionic docosa exionic acid 
Yeah, that's it. That's right. You know what that looks like? Dr. Saxophone acid. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Saxophone on acid. Dr. Saxophone on acid. <laughs> there we'll you go. So DHA is now Dr. Saxophone on acid. And then EPA is... Eco Sapiens on acid. Yeah, Eco Sapiens, yeah. It was actually Eco Sapientionic, I think. My one sounded better. Yeah, we'll go with... So Doctor's... Uh, doctor's what was it? Dr. Saxophone. Dr. Saxophone on acid and Eco Sapiens on acid. Eco sapiens, you know what that sounds like. That sounds like those fucking nutters on the M25. It does, and they yeah. generally are on acid as well. Yeah, they bloody hippies. Are. Yeah, you've got to be to sound the M25. Whew. So that's the three different types. So as I said, I did allude to this earlier. Actually, uh, ALA is found mostly in plants, and then the other two, EPA and DHA, are found in uh, animal foods. Normally associated with fatty fish. So as I said before, like salmon's and mackerels and shit like that. As I said before, you can convert ALA into these two other types, but it's pretty inefficient, so you're going to have to have quite a lot of it. But as I said, there's a nuance to this, and we'll come on to it. So for an omnivore, then, this isn't really going to be a problem on if you can get enough, because if you're having stuff like salmon or yeah. you know, any sort of fatty fish, you're going to get your DHA and your EPA in, uh, yeah. and that should be an issue. But then we've got the other side of the spectrum, which is your plant-based people or your, you know, your veggies and stuff. Uh, and the only way you know a vegan can practically get slash confidently get omega-3 DHA EPA is through algae and as we've said before yeah you can have loads of ALA and it will convert over but obviously that's going to vary dramatically between person to person there's a lot of different factors which can come into play in that conversion rate so as I said yeah. the only way you can confidently get it in is by algae and I've got a little fun fact for you Tom and for the listeners as well so did you know that algae oil in so like a vegan supplement for example is basically the, is, is the stuff that fish eat which is why oily fish have it in so oh, basically, yeah. the fish are the mid- the fish are the middlemen. So actually, you might be able to cut out the middleman here and just purchase, uh, yeah, buy a fish tank, uh, get a little, <laughs> a, a, you know, like what you uh, scrape wallpaper off with, and there you go. There's your six grams. Scrape the algae off the tank, and there you go. There's your six grams. Happy that days. A, and you're fucking horrible. laughing at the end of the day. <laughs> you probably start selling it. Oh, that'd be awful. Could put a train primal sticker on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be like the wheelie bins again, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bag, bag a sticker on it and fucking sell it. Well, you know, if, if you don't wash out your wheelie bin, then you're going to get algae in it anyway. There you go, happy days, bam, bam. Double recovery. Uh, so really the question is that you probably all been waiting for throughout the entire of this mindfuck is do you need to supplement it? Because we've said all the benefits, which you know, they are true, they are benefits, but do you need to supplement it? So we've obviously sounded very popular, uh, positive, sorry, towards it. So you're going to be thinking, okay, this sounds really great. I want to make sure I get it in, you know. I'm going to go out and buy some supplements now. Uh, but it's probably going to cost you like 10 to £20 a month, depending on what you get as well. So the fish oil stuff tends to be cheaper than the algae stuff, but they're still both, you know, relatively expensive. But the truth of the matter is, bombshell, the majority of us actually do get more than enough. If you actually look at the statistics on it, a lot of people do tend to get enough. Um, but there are a few examples, though, of people who could potentially benefit from it. Yeah. Um, opposed to And these are pregnant women asthmatics, those with rheumatoid arthritis and high triglycerides. Uh, so high triglycerides are basically people who are going to be at higher risk of heart disease and stroke. Um, yeah. And that includes obesity and metabolic syndrome. So so still there are, you know, some big populations there, big, yeah, you know, yeah, clinical populations, yeah. but big populations. Yeah, there is, yeah. I don't think it's the magic bullet. No. I don't think it's going to make a major difference. It is something you can take if you want to kind of cover your ground. But it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I'll be okay because I'm taking my omega, my omegas. It's like you should still be looking at other things such as, you know, exercise, etc. 
trying to pick the lowest hanging fruits to reduce your life stresses. And omega is just like a little simple option you can do, but it's not the be all end all. You'd be surprised how much you actually get in your diet, like how much more you actually need. Because I, I put any money on there, like that Cochrane study when I looked at that large population, because we know that a lot of people are getting more than enough anyway, if they're looking at people who are having the usual amount without supplementing, yeah. they're going to then find if they do supplement them further, it's going to make no difference. I mean, if I could, I would rather just like, um, I'd rather just tell people to try and get through their diet naturally so that they're not just covering omega, they're just trying to implement more kind of like lean meat into their kind of uh, diet anyway, you know, just try and like cover your grounds by like improving your diet to what you can, basically. Isn't it like two portions of fatty fish a week or something? Instead? It's something like that. I know there's that whole the whole fear of like mercury poisoning, etc. But obviously, you have to be having big fucking doses for that. Yeah. So unless you are like having a ridiculous amount of fish a week, I won't worry too much about that. Obviously, certain fish. But I was about to say, obviously, you just measure fish as we go in there. But so people might be thinking now, if they're maybe plant-based or veggie or something, well, I don't eat fish. So how am I getting my EPA and DHA? Because I'm getting loads of ALA, but I'm not getting the other stuff. So do I need to supplement it? Uh, well, the truth of this, once again, is that they tend to find that people on a plant-based diet consume large amounts of ALA, uh, a lot of it. And I said it does convert over. So we actually do have some data here uh, that suggests that uh, veggies and that convert ALA far more efficiently than their omnivore counterparts, which is quite interesting. Yeah. And that's maybe because they don't consume any of it. Their body is maybe, I don't know, adapting to it, adapting to that lack of it. So its body's become more efficient at converting the yeah. ALA, which could be interesting. I just want to be clear, though. Obviously, the best way to get EPA uh, and uh, DHA is just to have stuff with it in and not convert it that is still the best way but obviously for certain populations that's not going to be possible if you don't eat fish you know for example um but once again once again the, the current evidence doesn't actually support veggies in that um supplement either yeah with omega-3 which is interesting because you think they, that would be one i'd argue but like before we did the research i was thinking well maybe it would be beneficial for them because they don't get you know large amounts maybe compared to more people but then yeah it seems to be a completely different uh like macronutrient that you would get from like say starchy carbohydrates etc such as your veggies yeah but if you really really want to supplement it maybe if you're sitting there thinking you know what i just want to be safe because i know there's people out there like on the multivitamin episode we did i had people saying a message in saying look i'm taking it anyway because i yeah. want to be safe i just want to be safe we, we spoke about the issues with that but if you still want to take it that's fine listen it's a democracy do what the fuck you want <laughs> it's a democracy <laughs> but i don't want people to think that it's the be all end all it's going to make like a major difference you know yeah but my, my biggest fear is that people put their attention onto things that don't have like a massive effect when I'd rather people put their, their money, their time and their concentration into something that will have more of like a lifestyle change or like a bigger effect. So yeah, with me, it's the most obvious one would be exercise or movement activity what like sign up to i don't know what like a fitness program or a pt or something like that is what you <laughs> oh that is cheeky bill that was smooth yeah. it was cheeky yeah. <laughs> well yeah spend your money on things that are going to make more of a difference i suppose isn't it yeah exactly i mean there's loads of people out there they're giving out really good free information you know there's joel seedman squat you dr mcgill don't you dare put my all the rest of it. No, <laughs> I'm not going to put thought, your name I in, thought, guys. Don't I thought worry. We bang, I thought we were going to bang train primal in. I was going to go. Don't put fucking train primal in the same category. Listen, I've, as those I've already given you an advertisement with a wheelie bin comment. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't. I don't see any inherent harm in taking it. No, no. Omega three oils, etc. Yeah, bank balance. Yeah. So, should we have a look at the actual recommended amounts, quick? So yeah, they aren't actually it. that much. They aren't actually that much. So, 
ALA omega-3 is 1.6 grams a day for men yep. and 1.1 grams a day for women. And EPA and DHA is 250 to 500 yep. milligrams a day, which isn't a lot at all. It's really not a lot. Uh, if you, like your diet, especially like, because I said the ALA does convert over to a little bit. But obviously this is the, in the context of just like overall health. Yeah, of course. Yeah, in the context of performance, as we said earlier, the dosage is a lot bigger. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're hitting the foods that I said at the start, so the fish, the fish oil things, uh, the fish oil, so the, the fatty fishes or the flaxseed stuff, or, yeah. um, you know, all the nuts and all the seeds and that bollocks, you, you probably will, <laughs> you probably will have enough, and you don't probably need to add another supplement to your arsenal because I know there's people out there, I'm not going to name any names, um, who have an absolute fucking armory full of supplements. I wonder who we're talking about. Yeah, I think he's gonna listen to. I think he's gonna listen to this one as well, which we've got funny. Probably, and I know I'm gonna get fucking bombarded with about ten text messages, pretty much asking the things we've already explained. Yeah, (laughs) but it's still worth taking, though, isn't it? Like just to be covered, like just to be safe. (laughs) Yeah, let's just just say that that, and then we'll just leave a timestamp, and that's what we'll keep on uh, directing these people to. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, if you want to. Yeah, but do what you want. As I said, it's not something you really need to. We're never going to say don't bother. I mean, I'll, as we said, we haven't actually said it yet. I'm surprised. Go see a doctor if you're that bothered, like if you're that worried. Oh, yeah, go see a doctor. Yeah, go see a doctor. <laughs> yep, yeah, or your local fish mona or whatever. <laughs> your local fish <laughs> mona. What, back alley supplementation? <laughs> yeah. Or if you are going for your algae supplementation, see your local, I don't know, uh, pets at home sales <laughs> advisor. <laughs> pets at home sales What, just a little syringe loads of, of it in there, Bill. A little syringe in your ass. Yeah, mate, just get your little scraper, your little syringe out your arse and uh, do some scraping. <laughs> They're happy to get rid of it. As I said, mate, you're laughing. Money's in the bank. You're getting this stuff for free. <laughs> I tell you what, I've got a pond in the garden, so I am laughing, mate. I'll be getting mine for free. <laughs> I don't know, have you got, you got any other points? I think we've wrapped up pretty quickly, actually, I would have thought. Yeah, I, don't think there's any, I mean, just to pretty much just to summarise again, like, for overall health, I don't, think it's like a gonna have like a massive clinical effect no um, it might even draw your attention away from the things that you could be doing and putting your time and effort into um i mean there there is some evidence to show that it helps in recovery in the context of doms but once again it comes down to you have to have like a massive dose massive dose in fact do you remember we spoke about this with a cyclic dextrin yeah in so regards to study yeah, you look on the back of some tubs and it'll say, I'll take 30 grams. But then when you actually look at the small print of these of the studies where performance plus, actually increased, it? it was like over 100 grams. Yeah. So same thing with this as well. You're, you're probably not going to have a significant effect on muscle soreness. I mean, what did I say earlier? If you want to get a decent dose of like the, the plus, if you want to get like that Omega 3 plus, that was going to cost you like seven. Yeah. Like if you had double, it was going to be like £30 a month for the yeah, thing. Yeah, sold that. I mean, You'd be better off fucking paying for a high-quality fitness program for less, which would improve your health better. But yeah, I think, yeah, as you just said there, good conclusion. If you want to take it, go for it, but I probably wouldn't yeah. bother. Good, good conclusion. Basically, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who fucking knows, yeah. More evidence needed. Do you know what I've laughed about this episode, Tom, is that we've spent, like, it's only been like 45 minutes, yet we spent probably longer on researching it than the other episodes combined. Just, do you know what, this was an absolute headache. I mean, the Cochrane review alone was something which was like, oh, God, this is quite big. Um, but it is nice that we can kind of condense this stuff down and yeah, have yeah, to make so it easier for people. 45 minutes. Rather than where people can't obviously see our screens, but we've got like 100 tabs open, mm. you know, 
I mean, obviously, you you are an editing wizard, so you can chop and change things and make it seem very smooth. But in, during the actual recording, we it's like being back in a school classroom. You know, we're all over the place, going from tab to tab, etc. So now, I mean, I hope you guys are listening are finding this uh, useful because Jesus Christ, it's given me a headache. You better be fucking grateful. <laughs> you better be grateful. <laughs> or you'll end up in the back of my journal wagon. The journal wagon, I like yeah. it. Sweet, uh, I think we'll call it there then. Uh, another another episode of the Supplement Series. Well, next week, I haven't announced what we'll do next week, are we? So Something simple, hopefully. God, bananas. Bana- <laughs> yeah, just bananas. bananas. Just talk about bananas for an hour. <laughs> um, it's actually fat burners, Tom. Oh, here we go. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're talking. So we're looking at things like, was it thermopure and shit like that, is it? Why you look behind you then, Tom? Have you got like a tub of it behind you? No. Yeah, you got fat burners, have you? Come on. What's that? Is that a grenade? Grenade fat burners that I have had on my shelf for years and years. I bought these well before I became a PT and knew that f- and discovered that fat burners were bollocks. I've not even opened it up since... Should we, should we they, see? What do you mean fat burners are bollocks? We ain't, we ain't done the episode yet. They might not be bollocks. I know, but I just want to see what they look like. Oh my God, they're still like the colour they was like five years ago. What is that? Like a green? Yeah, green. I mean, they was white when I bought them. <laughs> take them for the next week, Tom, and let us know how you get on anecdotally. Well, no, what I'll do is I'll take them now and then I'll get back to you next week. And uh, yeah, be a Slim Jim. <laughs> but yeah fat burners next week uh, and we'll see if they're actually you know because there potentially could be some benefit for them they, wait they, and see I've heard that fat burners actually you know they are the sole destroyer of the calories in calories out uh, equation oh there you go that's a hint isn't that's it that's what I've heard Prime always bringing out a fat burner <laughs> what a fuck <laughs> off <laughs> I was trying to be enticing I was trying to do like a bit of clickbait you know get people enticed and excited you've just kind of slated me off saying I'm bringing out a fat burner <laughs> you might be you might still have time let's see how next week episodes goes <laughs> fucking bring out a fat bird and no chance I've already got a weenie I've got a backlog of weenie bins mate. I've never, I've never managed to flog <laughs> your, your, your little fat bird tub could be little mini wheelie bins <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep, yeah keep keep on brand eh keep on there brand. you go right let's just fucking we'll call it there then before we uh, keep going let's on let's get out of here before we bring out any more products <laughs> yeah fuck's sake uh, pleasure as always guys uh, we'll speak to you again very soon see you later guys bye as always, thanks for listening. Just a uh, quick one before we sign off for the week. We've got some really exciting stuff coming out in the next couple of months or so, and we think it's going to add a lot of value to you guys going forward. So if you want to make sure you're the first to hear about all this new stuff, then uh, head over to our website, chatshitgetfit.com. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see a little box to enter your email and sign up to the mailing list. Once you're on said list, you'll receive any updates we make, including the exciting stuff I keep alluding to, and it'll be straight in your inbox. Don't worry about spam or anything, though. We don't send stuff out very often if I'm being honest and it's normally only if we've got something big and it's worth sharing so yeah we will see you next week same time same place for a brand new episode see you soon